the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. To that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DiGilio. I'm a podcaster, a comedy writer, and performer, graduate of the Second City, and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week, we're going to look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk all about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. And sometimes I'll have a guest, sometimes I won't. But with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that we always hear, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And uh, so the title of this episode um, is Cast Member Favorites Part 1. And uh, this is um, where I'm going to go through uh, some current cast members and their favorite sketches of all time. Um, be it something that they watched when they were a kid or maybe a little bit older or something that inspired them or the sketch that they can kind of single out as the one that made them want to get on TV or the one that helped them form their comedic voice, uh, but just their favorite sketches of all time. And um, the poll here was taken um, right at uh, at the at the right 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 before the Christmas break, right around the Christmas break of this season, um, they just wrapped up season forty eight. Uh, it was a shortened season. It was three episodes sh- uh, shortened uh, because of the writer strike, which is happening right now as I record this, um, and so the season was cut short because of that. But it was a solid season, um, and uh, you know overall, I mean, there were ups and there were downs. There were good hosts, there were bad hosts, like every other year. Um, I will do a full um, podcast actually about season forty-eight um, and not, you know, running it down uh, uh, episode by episode and uh, you know and and and, uh, and host by host and sketch by sketch and stuff like that. So we'll do that. But it was a it was a solid season, and we said goodbye to some people and hello to some more people, as always. And uh, right around the Christmas break, the Hollywood Reporter um, uh, interviewed several of the cast members of season forty-eight and asked them. What are your favorite sketches growing up? What were your favorite SNL sketches? And so I will tell you what each cast member said. I'll play back, uh, you know, uh, uh, portions of those sketches, in a couple of cases, the entire sketch, give you a little background on those sketches uh, and all kinds of cool stuff. So you'll find out on this episode, cast member favorites, part one, which is episode 21 of that show hasn't been funny in years in SNL podcast, you'll find out what some of the main cast members of season 48 thought of some of their favorite sketches of all time. And that's coming up. But before we do that, um, uh, you know, uh, I always invite people for their feedback here for that show hasn't been funny in years in SNL podcast. And you can do that. I have a voicemail number uh, that actually uh, applies to both of my podcasts on Radio Misfits 
uh, podcast network. The other podcast is called the Nick D Podcast, which is a pop culture entertainment uh, life podcast where we talk about entertainment and I review movies and TV and all kinds of great stuff. You should definitely check that out. It's called the Nick D Podcast. Um, but I have a voicemail line that is wide open for both of those podcasts, for that one and this one, uh, at 773-417-6948 with any thoughts or anything you want to say about this podcast or my other podcast. Well, I've been getting a bunch of emails and a bunch of really cool voicemails and a lot of really positive feedback about that show hasn't been funny in years in SNL podcast. Um, people are really enjoying it, and I thank you for that. And, uh, and, and, and please uh, spread the word if you like it. The most important thing you can do is spread the word and tell people to subscribe and tell people to listen. Um, you know, let's let's uh, let's get more people on board for this podcast. It's going really well, but the feedback has been really really strong. So uh, I thought I'd play back one of the voicemails that I've received. This is Pete, uh, who wanted to give a shout out, and I think I did give a shout out. In fact, I know I did to give a shout out to our buddy Jason Skaggs. Jason Skaggs is my guy who works with me on um, on, on on sound effects, on wacky uh, audio. And he composes the themes, the opening and closing themes of my other podcast, the opening and closing themes of this podcast, and any themes and uh, uh, of my guests or any of that audio that it does. Jason Skaggs uh, does that. And he is the guy who performed, composed, uh, and put together the opening theme that you just heard to this podcast. But anyway, uh, one of the voicemails that we got, and again, I really want to hear back from you, contributions or anything, feedback about this podcast. Seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Before we get, before we jive, uh, jive. <laughs> before we dive into cast member favorites part one, uh, let's hear from Pete. Hey Nick, this is Pete. I was uh, listening to your uh, the show hasn't been funny in years uh, podcast about the more cowbell scat, uh, skit. Uh, great, great job on that. Uh, really loved hearing all that detail, all the interviews. Uh, I, I imagine a lot of work goes into finding all those clips. So really appreciate the deep dive that you did. But what I was thinking of the entire time that you're talking about a cowbell uh, for an hour is that the opening theme song that Jason Skaggs created for you has its own wicked cowbell part in it. And I just have this vision of Skaggs in his house just cranking that cowbell for the SNL-style theme song. So I feel like somehow, some way, we, we need to have – Skaggs come out dressed as Gene Frankel uh, playing the cowbell along to that theme song at some point in time. So anyway, love, love, love what you're doing with this podcast. Uh, I'm going to keep listening as long as you keep doing it. Have a great one, Nick. Take care. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, no, I did acknowledge it on the uh, on uh, on the last episode about how Jason does include in this opening theme that you just heard a cowbell, and he did that on purpose. He called me up after he after he finished it before he sent it to me to play uh, for approval. And he's like, dude, I put a cowbell on there. And as soon as I heard it, I just laughed my ass off. But yes. Uh, and I thank you, Pete. I really thank you for that feedback. Yes, the last episode that we did was dedicated entirely to the legendary more cowbell sketch. If you've not been able to hear it, it's episode 20 of this podcast, and you should check it out. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, this, uh, so thank you, Pete. And again, if you want to give your feedback um, and your thoughts on this podcast, 773-417-6948, or you can do it via email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, let's get to it. Season 48, a lot of incredible cast members, a very strong cast. And as you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly or you follow me on social media, I happen to think that the women are the strongest cast members of season 48, or usually the strongest cast members of each season, at least for the past like 20 years. The women have dominated, as far as I'm concerned, even longer than that. 
Uh, but so we've got both men and women cast members from season 48 telling us what their favorite sketches were when they were younger or what inspired them to get on SNL. And each sketch, uh, each, each cast member has a different sketch, except for one uh, that, that's shared by two cast members. But uh, let me start off very quickly with more cowbell. Uh, Punky Johnson was asked by, uh, by a Hollywood reporter. And again, this was at the Christmas break of this past season. Punky Johnson, who is a fantastic cast member, I think uh, underutilized, quite frankly. Um, uh, Punky is one of these cast members that shines when is given the right stuff that's written. But if you know her as a stand-up and you know her as a comic voice outside of that and her work on other, you know, like uh, on stand-up and on stuff like Crank Yankers, um, she's fantastic. She's incredibly talented, and I love her. You don't get to see enough of her, though. I think she's underutilized. But anyway, they asked Punky Johnson what her favorite sketch was, and she said, more cowbell because I love being dumb and doing dumb things, and it was the funniest, dumbest thing I'd ever seen. I love when they break character. That means people are having a great time. So Punky's choice was indeed cowbell. I'm not going to play anything back from that because I just did an entire hour-long episode dedicated to that very sketch. So if you want to check it out, there it is. Let's move on. Bowen Yang, who is a cast member that is very popular, not so much with me, um, <laughs> not the hugest Bowen Yang fan. Um, he has, does some stuff on Update every once in a while that's kind of funny, um, but I've never been a, a massive fan. I like him on the Aquafina. Nora is from Queen's show. I think he's funny on that, and that's kind of the only time I've ever laughed at him. Um, I mean, he's solid, you know, uh, support in the show. People, I mean, obviously the, the writers love him. He is, he is a big presence on every episode um, and was a writer for a couple of years before they actually bumped him up to cast member. But they asked Bowen Yang what was his favorite sketch, <clears throat> and he says it was G Gemini's twin sketch with Charlize Theron. I couldn't believe that they actually made the set actually looked like TRL, and the music video looked like a real Destiny's Child production. It was comedy, pop culture, characters, and music all rolled into one. Um, and yes, uh, so his choice, Boneyang's choice indeed, was Gemini's Twin. A Gemini's Twin was a spoof of Destiny's Child. They did this in the late 90s slash early 2000s, uh, and it was Anna Gasteyer and Maya Rudolph were the two regular members of Gemini's Twin, and uh, they would have a revolving door of other members of Gemini's Twin. And the one that Bowen Yang picked out uh, specifically was um, the episode uh, of TRL where Jimmy Fallon played Carson Daly, making brutal fun of him. Uh, and Charlize Theron played one of the revolving door cast members or, or members of, of, uh, of uh, Gemini's Twin. This uh, particular episode took place on November 4th, 2000. This sketch was part of that episode, um, and it was uh, season 26, episode four. Season 26, episode four, and it was uh, Charlize Theron was the host, and Paul Simon was the uh, was the uh, was the musical guest. Uh, it was the tenth appearance by Paul Simon. The first time that Charlize Theron hosted, she would again host in 2014, um, and it was very funny. And that was at a, a pretty a pretty strong time. For the show, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell, Anna Gasteyer, Daryl Hammond, Chris Kattan, Tracy Morgan, Chris Parnell, Horatio Sands, Molly Shannon. Featured players were Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey, Jerry Meyer, and Maya Rudolph. Those were your uh, cast members. Uh, and this is a very funny little bit that they used to do where they would recreate TRL, which obviously in the very late 1999s and early 2000s was the biggest show on, H on, uh, on MTV. 
Uh, and this is the Gemini's twin episode or uh, sketch that uh, that Bowen Yang has chosen. All right. Okay. Welcome back to MTV's Total Request Live. I'm Carson Daly, and I'm wearing these glasses just to look smart. <laughs> you know, the next group has spent the past six weeks at the number two spot here in the countdown. They're with us in the studio today. But first, let's take a quick look at their latest video. Here's Gemini's twin with no whack whack. Girl, what you gonna wear to the party? I don't know, but I'm sure gonna look fierce. You better hope Reggie ain't gonna be there. Yeah, well, you know his love is like... Whack, whack, whack. This number is no longer in service. All right, y'all. Let's give it up for Gemini's twin. Hey, ladies. Hi. Britannica, Jonette, as always, your harmonies are beautiful. Salon, you're the new member. What do you think that you bring to the group? Oh, well, I bring a lot of positivity. You know, I'm, I'm from the old school. I got a lot of street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah and we both agree we needed somebody pretty. Great work. She's definitely prettier than the two of you. That must have changed your life, Salon, huh? Is this going, getting you crazy? Mm, yeah. I got so many phone calls, I have to get a bigger pager. Mm. Yeah, it's been real crazy for us right now, for all of us, you know, because in the year 2000 alone, Carson, we gone through how many looks, girl? 189 looks. Mm. Hell, I've been in the group for 12 days. I've had 17 different haircuts, girl! Mm -hmm. Right, because, see, our music is very visual. Mm -hmm. And when you see our music, it stimulates you visually as well as sound. Mm -hmm. And Salon is our visuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't sing. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think you can really hear that in our sound. Mm -hmm. You know, because with us, it's all about harmony. Harmony. Visual. <laughs> Look, I, I gotta ask you, I know it's a sore subject, but is Gemini's twin in ever-changing lineup, or is Salon here to stay? Well, okay, Carstone, I just wanna set the record straight. See, Peanut, Peanut Riri, and Chantel all got mononucleosis. Mm -hmm. Then Terrell and LaShawn sort of have an attitude. Mm-hmm. And then Chandelier broke her foot. Okay, and let me tell you something about Chandelier. She was very manipulative. Mm -hmm. I mean, she totally could have continued to tour with us, and that really pissed me off. Yeah, because I Chandelier... Know, I know, I know, I know. I never met her, but, like, everything I heard from Girl, her is, like, I totally... You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? My bad. My bad. My bad. Okay. Word. We like sisters for life, you know, Carson. That's for real. You better believe that. You better believe that. I believe it. What's next for Gemini's twin? Okay, see, we about to do the next video for our next single, and it's called No Bling Bling. And Jonette, a classmate of yours from Sarah Lawrence directed it, right? Yo, Carson, let's keep it on the down low, okay? Uh, let's take it out with that new single, No Bling Bling. So there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that's Gemini's twin. And again, they nailed the look of TRL. And at that time, um, you know, the, the whole pop world was exploding with your Britney Spears's and your boy bands. And, uh, you know, and right at the beginning of uh, uh, Destiny's Child's big, uh, big, big, you know, 
break. Um, and, uh, and and very funny stuff. Uh, Anna Gasteyer and uh, Maya Rudolph, obviously brilliantly funny. And Charlize Theron did a funny funny job there, uh, obviously pretending to be hip. So that was uh, that was uh, Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang chose um, the Gemini's Twin sketch from November fourth, two thousand. And again, all these sketches that I'm talking about, you can find out there. This is season twenty six, episode four. Okay, Keenan Thompson was asked. Uh, and so was Heidi Gardner, both cast members of season 48, what their in their favorite um, uh, sketch was. And they both chose uh, the James Brown celebrity hot tub with uh, Eddie Murphy. Now, this is obviously a legendary sketch. Keenan Thompson basically just simply said, oh, man, it is James Brown celebrity hot tub by far. Heidi Gardner, who, by the way, is my favorite cast member on the show currently. I think she's extraordinary and I love her very much. Heidi said... Quote, Eddie Murphy's James Brown going to get in the hot tub sketch. My mom and dad saw it and had to show it to me and my brother. I love thinking about us in my childhood living room laughing as a whole family. One time my brother uh, did it uh, uh, one when it was it was too hot for the hot tub and he jumped in just like Eddie did. So they, you know, they they uh, they did an impression of it. They loved it. They watched it as a family. And that was one of her favorites. This sketch was performed just once. A lot of people. Forget that this was a one-timer. This was not like a recurring thing. They did it one time, and it was that classic. Uh, Betty Thomas was the host. Stray Cats were the musical guest. November 5th, 1983. That would be season nine, episode four of James Brown's Celebrity Hot Tub. I'm going to play the whole thing. This was Eddie Murphy at the height of his popularity. The, just a, just a, you know, actually, just a few episodes before he left SNL. Um, and this was after... 48 hours. This was after trading places. He was huge. And there's a couple of times during this when he breaks, it's just Eddie Murphy comes out uh, when he takes off the robe. I mean, he's just got a very skimpy little uh, Speedo thing on. He's wearing the James Brown wig. Uh, your cast members for this uh, season were Jim Belushi, Robin Duke, Mary Gross, Brad Hall, Tim Kazarinski, Gary Kroger, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Eddie Murphy, and Joe Piscopo. And again, from uh, November 5th, 1983, this is a legendary sketch. Uh, again, one time only, and it made an impression that has laughed, lasted a lifetime, and especially for Heidi Gardner and for Keenan Thompson. Here we go. It's James Brown's celebrity hot tub party, and now here he is, the Godfather of Soul and hot tub man number one, James Brown. Let's 
So that's uh, Celebrity Hot Tub, uh, one of the classics. And, I mean, you know, just uh, a great combination of a great impression, because Eddie Murphy doing a great impression of James Brown, a really funny concept where he's just like, ooh, it's too hot, in the, and he dances around. It's great. It, it's, it's a great showcase for Eddie Murphy, uh, his strength at doing great impressions, and a great, hilarious, ridiculous concept that has stuck around. It's just basically him trying to get into a hot tub. It's a three-minute sketch where Eddie Murphy is doing an impression <laughs> Of James Brown sticking his feet into the hot tub and then finally getting into the hot tub. That's it. And it was set up like it was a weekly show. So um, that, that was the uh, that was the choice for Heidi Gardner and for Kenan Thompson. All right. Uh, season 48 cast members again asked what their favorite sketches were. Cecily Strong, who left the show uh, not long after she uh, actually um, uh, did was a part of this uh, interview. Uh, had a great season and a great tenure on SNL. Fantastic. Cecily Strong said, I'm not sure if uh, there was one sketch I saw that pushed me into thinking, now I want to be on the show because I wanted to be on the show from the minute I knew there was a show, which must have been pretty young because I know I was five or six when I was tricking my babysitter into thinking uh, my parents absolutely let me stay up late on Saturday Night Live to or Saturday night to catch it. I definitely recreated Bill Swirsky's super fan sketches for my talent shows. I was probably imitating Mike Myers' character and the sketches pretty often. I'm sure that my bad impression of every single SNL character at my point, uh, at that point in my life was, was, was sifted through that. So Cecily Strong uh, decided that she was going to choose uh, the, um, the legendary uh, Bill Swirsky super fan sketch. And so uh, she liked, obviously, it was a huge series of them, uh, you know, being from Chicago. We have mixed feelings about that sketch because, one, it's funny. Two, um, you know, everybody in it is doing a great job. But three, it kind of uh, has stuck with us here in this city um, as, uh, as something that, uh, that has given us kind of a weird reputation. Everybody seems to think that we talk like that, that we say dub bears and dub bulls and all that stuff. Uh, it's a, it's a, it is a funny series of sketches. There's no question about it. This one is going to be the very first one. I'm going to play from the very, very first one. This one does not feature George Went. Um, it, um, it features uh, Joe Montaigne, in fact, uh, was the host. Uh, Vanilla Ice, by the way, was your musical guest. This was on January 12, 1991, because of, of course it was. It was Vanilla Ice. Season 16, episode 10. Um, and uh, it is, uh, it's, it's classic. You know, your, your, uh, your cast members for that were Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Victoria Jackson, John Lovitz, Dennis Miller, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, Julia Sweeney, A. Whitney Brown, and Rob Schneider were also featured, uh, and they were, uh, they were in the repertory. Um, but yeah, and uh, the interesting thing about it was the Bill Swirsky Superfan sketch, it first appeared on January 12, 1991, and it starred Joe Montaigne as Bill Swirsky, along with Chris Farley as Todd O'Connor, Mike Myers as Pat Arnold, and Robert Smigel as Carl Wolarski, who, by the way, came up with the concept and wrote uh, almost all of these sketches. Uh, subsequent sketches starred George Went as Bob Swirsky, with occasional appearances by Beth Cahill as his daughter, Denise. Uh, Bob Swirsky occasionally fills in when Bill has a heart attack. Uh, following Mike Myers' departure on SNL, uh, O'Connor was played by John Goodman, so he would come in. So this uh, series of sketches went on for a long time. The inspiration for the characters were radio hosts in Chicago during the 70s and 80s. The name Bill Swirsky was likely derived from Bill Jouse, who was the moderator on a WGN radio panel show, The Sports Writers, and from WGN Radio and WGN TV uh, sportscaster, of course, the great 
Chuck Swirsky. So uh, these, these, this is this is the choice for um, for Cecily Strong, and this is the very first Superfans. Um, again, uh, it was the very first time established. Nobody has several heart attacks in this one. It didn't become a regular thing. It did not become catchphrases, and it did not put Chicago on the map as a bunch of morons who say, duh, bears. But here it is. Cecily Strong loves it so much that uh, she chose it as her favorite sketch. Again, from January 12th, 1991, here's the very first Superfan. Good afternoon, my friends. Welcome to Bill Swarsky Superfans. I'm Bill Swarsky, and with me, as always, are the Superfans, Pat Arnold. Hey, Bill. Todd O'Connor. Bill. And Carl Walarski. How you doing, Bill? All right, we're talking here live from Ditka's on the heart of Chicago, the heart of Chicago, Illinois, the city of the big shoulders, and home, of course, to a certain football team which has carved out a special place in the pantheon of professional football greats. That team which is known the world over as the Bears. The Bears. Okay, okay, by my watch, we're about 13 minutes from game time. As you're, I'm sure, aware, the Bears are getting ready for their big playoff against the New York Giants. The Bears, the Bears are seven-point underdogs, but don't count them out. Now, let's go around the room for some predictions. Pat, the Bears, 62 to 3. Okay, Todd, Bears, 79 zip. Oh, really? You, you don't think that the Giants will score? No, I do not. The Bears' defense is like a wall. You can't go through them. All right. How about you, Carl? I say Bears 52 to 14. Oh, what? Come on! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to give the Giants credit. I think they'll give the Bears a game. All right, Lee Malone, that's his prerogative. As for my prediction, at game's end, uh, it, 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 at the game's end, there will be two teams of contrasting moods heading off the field, my friends. One glum, one gleeful. The gleeful of which being the Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. The Bears. 74 to 2. <laughs> so that's the first, the very first time they did it. And it took off. It became huge. And, and Smigel wrote, I don't know, six or seven more of these. Um, they would do it at uh, Super Bowl uh, events. They would do it on, on different television shows and on sports shows. And it would come to define what most of America thought of us here in Chicago. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's a double-edged sword. Very funny, very funny characters. Great work from everybody. And, uh, you know, it got to the point there where Chris Farley was eating 50 different ribs. He would cough up a chicken wing. He would have different heart attacks. <clears throat> and, uh, and it became, you know, a very, very popular recurring sketch. So Cecily Strong goes with uh, Superfans as her favorite. Uh, the next cast member of season 48 to choose their favorite sketch uh, is Chloe Fineman, who I adore, who I think is great. Uh, she is kind of, since uh, Melissa Villasenor has left the show, she is kind of the go-to uh, female impressionist on the show. She does pretty much... I don't know, 80, 85% of the female impressions, Chloe Fineman does that. And Chloe Fineman has a very great, strange edge to her. If you do not follow her on social media, you should. She's great on Instagram. Uh, she's great on, uh, on, 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 uh, on Twitter and, and, and Facebook and stuff. She's fantastic. And she's weird. She's got a very weird streak in her. She's really, really lovely and really, really uh, beautiful. 
uh, does great impressions, but also has a very weird streak in her. And here's the reason why you know this, and it's from the choice that she made. When asked what her favorite sketch was, Chloe Feynman said, I distinctly remember being completely obsessed with Dog Show with Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell. It's just a perfectly bizarre and hilarious sketch, and I always howl when I watch it like a human, not a dog. Leave it to Chloe Feynman to make a joke like that. Uh, so that's the uh, that's that's the dog show, which is one of my favorite recurring sketches. I agree with Chloe Feynman completely. Um, I think the dog show sketches are fantastic. Uh, it was always Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. Will Ferrell played Mr. David Larry. Molly Shannon played Miss Colleen. Um, and they had their dogs. And uh, it was just, you know, in great Molly Shannon, Will Ferrell, uh, in, you know, in, in, in great in Molly Shannon style and Will Ferrell style, it was just a completely ridiculous sketch. Um, and I loved it every single time. And of course, obviously using animals, you know, during a sketch is always funny because you never know how the animals are going to react. And the, the, the dogs that they had play, uh, you know, Mr. Bojangles and Rocky Balboa, uh, were every time they would cut to them, their tongue would hang out. It was just funny. And, the, and you know, the bizarre sketch you know, comedy minds that Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon have shown in this one. Uh, so the episode I'm going to play, the sketch I'm going to play, this is when Heather Graham was the host. Heather Graham was uh, a host. She was October 16th, 1999. Mark Anthony was the uh, musical guest. I want to go back in time. I love going back and looking at who the musical guests were because it really does give you a sense of what time period it was. So uh, Heather Graham, Mark Anthony, October 16th, 1999. That's season 25, episode two of the season. Chloe Feynman's choice for uh, her favorite sketch is Dog Show. In the repertory uh, during that time period was Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell, Anna Gasteyer, Daryl Hammond, Chris Kattan, Tim Meadows, Tracy Morgan, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Parnell, Colin Quinn, Horatio Sands, and Molly Shannon. Again, a very strong lineup. And here is uh, Chloe Feynman's favorite and one of my favorites of all time. One of the many, many times they did the brilliant, the bizarre, the wonderfully weird and hilarious Dog Show. to Dog Show. I'm Miss Colleen. And I'm Mr. David Larry. As usual, I am joined by my delicious friend, Mr. Rocky Balboa. He is dressed as actor Robert Urich in his role of Spencer from his hit show, Spencer for Hire. And I'm, of course, joined by Mr. Bojangles who is dressed as the lovely Cleopatra because of his extensive knowledge of ancient Egypt and the fact that Mr. Bojangles is really a girl. Mr. Bojangles is really a girl! Mr. Bojangles is really a girl! This is indeed a very special night. For the first time, we will conduct a seance in an attempt to contact the dead mother of Mr. Rocky Balboa. Sometimes I think that our love is dead because you like men, Mr. David Larry. Maybe I do, and maybe I do. And now here to help conduct our seance is our first guest, 
and dear friend who we met at the dog premiere of Fight Club. Please welcome Lady Hamilton and her dog, Spicy. Lady Hamilton! Welcome, Lady Hamilton. I'm a bit of a rascal, and me first mate, Spicy, is not much better. Quick, make up a song about foggy London town. That's easy. London town, I miss you so. The streets are so foggy and narrow. Oh, Spicy, behave. I know you want me fish and chips. Arg! <laughs> Lady Hamilton, let me inform you of a couple of things. I don't like grown women who wear Hello Kitty baby type knapsacks. And I don't like high-waisted underwear that come up to here. But I do like a dog! <laughs> <laughs> I love Molly Shannon so much. I can't even measure how much I love Molly Shannon. Uh, and the costumes and the character, this is a recurring sketch. It was one of the weirdest things. It was just Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon, just being fucking weird. And I adore it. Um, and uh, you know, it was a sh- it was a sketch that did that they did several times. That show uh, uh, actually is a is a is a is a pretty strong episode. Uh, Heather Graham did a pretty terrific job on that episode, um, and uh, and there were a lot of really great things on it. But it makes sense to me that Chloe Feynman would pick something like Dog Show because she's got that weird, lovely Molly Shannon uh, energy. And when Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell worked together, it was always great. And you know, it was a strong cast at a strong period of time when. Um, you know, that cast really took off and at that time made the cover of Rolling Stone. And it was after a, a, a string of time, a, you know, a period of time where, you know, as you know, SNL gets shit upon by the press off and on over the, you know, the 48 years it's been on. They go through hot times and low times and, you know, high times and low times and, and all that stuff. And the press sometimes goes after them. Oh, the show's been on too long and blah, blah, blah. It's not funny anymore. At that time, they made the cover of Rolling Stone and that cast was really, really strong. And one of the funniest and weirdest and craziest uh, uh, sketches. And they did a lot of weird, crazy sketches with people, you know, like Chris Kattan and, and Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell uh, on board at that time uh, was was Dog Show. So that is uh, that is uh, Chloe Feynman's choice. All right. Mikey Day, uh, who is a pretty strong cast member on uh, the current uh, on the current show, Mikey Day was asked what his favorite sketch was, and he just said "Massive Head Wound Harry" with Dana Carvey in the titular role. It was so dumb and so so wonderful. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's an incredibly uh, hilarious sketch uh, for people who don't know what it is. Again, it was a one time only sketch where Linda Hamilton was the host. It was November 16th, 1991. Mariah Carey was your musical guest. Season 17, episode 6. Massive Head Wound Harry was a sketch uh, that was set up like a TV show, you know, with a voiceover and a theme song. Again, that was a big thing back in, uh, in, in, the, in that late 80s, early 90s uh, era, where a lot of the sketches that they did that were recurring even were like they were takeoffs on regular TV shows. They had announcers. They had recurring characters. Like, you know, like, um, like it just, there were a ton of them. Like, uh, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer was a TV show. Middle Age Man was a TV show. Uh, there was, so there were just a ton of the, Wayne's World. And it became this thing where every other sketch during that time period, the late 90s into the early, I'm sorry, the late 80s into the early 90s, was some sort of parody of a fake TV show. And this was one of them. For some reason, there's a TV show 
in this reality called Massive Head Wound Harry, where a guy shows up at a party where his head is like ripped open, his brains are hanging out, there's blood all over, and the makeup is gross. And he walks in, and everybody is freaked out by the fact that his skull is hanging out, that his brains are sticking out, there's blood everywhere. And he's, you know, how is this guy walking around with his skull split wide open and his brains hanging out? And he sticks his head, you know, like Dana Carvey is, you know, a massive head wound Harry, and he sticks his head like in the shrimp dip. Uh, He lays down on the couch and puts his head on the white uh, upholstery of the couch, leaving blood and brains all over the place. And then the big thing is a dog comes out. The family dog comes out and starts chewing on massive head wounds Harry, Harry's head wound and his brain. And the dog is actually chewing on the brain. At one point, you'll hear people screaming because the dog comes out and just starts chewing. And, it, it, and the dog actually chews on uh, the makeup piece so much that Dana Carvey has to hold the wig down because the dog is going to pull the wig slash gory makeup effect off of his head. And it gets a huge laugh from the crowd, a huge laugh. Uh, and this was when 2,500 people were cast members on the show. Uh, Massive Head Wound Harry, uh, the cast members that season were Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, Victoria Jackson, Mike Myers, Kevin Nealon, Chris Rock, Julia Sweeney, also starring Ellen Cleghorn, uh, Sabone Fallon, Sibian Fallon, uh, Tim Meadows, Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, David Spade, and featuring Beth Cahill, Al Franken, Melanie Hudson, and Robert Smigel. So a gigantic cast was involved uh, during uh, this season for this one-time-only sketch. It is a hilarious sketch, and there is a tidbit about this sketch, a great piece of trivia about this sketch that I will tell you after we hear a little bit of it. Again, Massive Head Wound Harry, and you gotta, you have to understand that when he comes in, the gore effect looks great. The makeup effect is as good as anything that like Tom Savini or Tom Berman or Rick Baker, these gore horror makeup effects guys could do. The brains are hanging out. There's blood everywhere. People are freaked out. It looks disgusting. And the dog chewing on it is unbelievable. So anyway, Mikey Day chooses massive head wound Harry. Oh, honey, this is a great party. Yeah, so far, but uh, I got some bad news. What do you mean? <sighs> well... I had to invite somebody, and uh, I don't think you're going to be very happy about it. Oh, no. Who? Massive Head Wound Harry. (laughs) Welcome once again to Massive Head Wound Harry. Tonight's episode, The Cocktail Party. Hey, great party. I'm sorry I'm late. I forgot where you lived. Oh, my God! That's okay, Harry. I feel dizzy. Uh, would you like to lay down, maybe in the garage? No, I just need some food to get my strength back. I I lost a lot of blood on the way over here. Oh, you got to try some of these shrimp, friend. Good Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me help you with that. I better go see if he's all right. No, no, no. You stay here. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm fine. I just got to rest for a second. (laughs) Yeah, you know, maybe I need to lie down. Why did you have to invite? 
hate him. I'm sorry. He overheard me talking to Phil and Steve. What was I going to do? Okay, so that, the, so it's a one <laughs> it's a one joke thing. The visual is unbelievable. It's basically a guy walks into a crowded uh, a party, uh, and the party you know everybody who sees this great giant bloody disgusting head wound with his brains hanging out vomit or scream like Farley spits up. Phil Hartman runs away, and everybody leaves the party as the dog is eating his brains. That's it. It's a simple setup. For some reason, there's a TV show based on it in this universe uh and it's a it's a great it was a great sketch i love it i'm a big horror fan i love horror makeup and anytime you do gross out stuff i kind of fall for it uh so massive head wound harry dana carvey played massive head massive head wound harry and, and uh you know your host was linda hamilton and it was um kevin nealon phil hartman who also does the voiceover chris farley david spade uh and they all leave now one other person that is in that sketch and this is a wonderful piece of trivia uh, is Timothy Chalamet's mother. Timothy Chalamet's mother, Nicole Flender, was an extra, and she also worked on Saturday Night Live for a period of time at, uh, at, you know, at that time in the late 80s and early 90s. This being the late 90s, uh, actually. This was uh, November 16, 1991. Uh, and Nicole Flender, who is Timothy Chalamet's uh, mother, is an extra. You can see her in the background. She's actually, you can just see her, you know, she fake vomits. She reacts to everything that this disgusting head wound does. Um, and uh, so it's her. So the next time you watch it, and again, you can, you, can, you can see it. It's season 17, episode six. It's out there. You can check it out. And Timothy Chalamet, when he hosted in December, on December 12th of 2020, when Timothy Chalamet hosted, in his monologue, he mentioned it, and they show a quick clip, and they isolate his mom who is very visible during that sketch. So it's a nice piece of trivia. Timothy Chalamet's mom, Nicole Flender, is featured in Massive Head Wound Harry. And uh, you can hear it on the monologue that Timothy uh, Chalamet does when he, hosts, uh, when he hosted the show. Um, and Timothy Chalamet, one of my favorite uh, cast members, or one of my, not cast members, one of my favorite actors in the world. So anyway, Massive Head Wound Harry, that was the choice for Mikey Day. Now, Ego Wodum. Ego Wodum, who, uh, again, is, you know, an, an incredible, uh, incredible talent on the show. Again, the women being the strongest members of, uh, of the cast right now. She chose Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, it was perfectly edgy yet silly and a nod to an endearing show. I was mesmerized with Eddie Murphy's ability to say such shocking things and keep it charming and have a charming smile on his face. Like, should I be laughing at this? But I always was. So Ego Odom picks uh, Eddie Murphy's Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. They did it several times. Uh, and I am picking the one that involves dog napping and ransom. Michael Palin was the host, along with his mom on this episode. And the motels were your musical guests. This was January 21st, 1984, uh, season nine, episode 10. And again, 
this was at a time when Eddie Murphy was just massive. Uh, and this was, you know, his final season. This was before he left the show. Um, and, uh, you know, Robin Duke, Jim Belushi, Mary Gross, Brad Hall, Tim Kazarinski, Gary Kroger, Julia Weah-Dreyfus, uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, and Joe Piscopo. They were the, uh, the, the cast members on this. And uh, this is uh, one of the many times. I think this is the last time he did it, in fact. This is the last time he did it as a regular cast member. He would come back as a host and do it a couple more times. But this was the very final one as Eddie Murphy as a cast member. Uh, on SNL. Again, January 21st, 1984. Here's some Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. I go Wodum's Choice. Hell of a day in the neighborhood. A hell of a day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I like to go for a walk with my dog in the park. We especially like to hang around after dark. We hide in the bush and then just for fun, we jump right out and make the folks run. They won't be my, they won't be my, they won't be my neighbor. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. You know, dogs are just like people, aren't they? This little fella here is two years old. Why, in human years, that means he'd have dropped out of school by now. <laughs> we just came back from playing in the park. You know, a lot of boys come to me and they say, Mr. Robinson, you play in the park, you talk to your puppets, you sing to us. You don't have no job, do you? <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up, boys and girls? You want to be, want to be a fireman? Really? You want to have some burning wall fall on your head while you're trying to save some bitch cat? <laughs> no, you don't want that. Maybe you could be a policeman. Yeah, and get shot by some junkie in alleyway. <laughs> no, you don't want that. Maybe you'll grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer, or maybe even a banker. Would you like that, boys and girls? <laughs> well, you can't. Because <laughs> there ain't no job left out there. No <laughs> Nowadays, if you want a job, you have to make one up for yourself, like I did. I'm into telephones listening myself. <laughs> Sick, Cujo. <laughs> Hello? Is this Mrs. Herbert Green? This is? Good. Is your dog missing? <laughs> Why don't you go check? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll tell the boys and girls today's new word. <laughs> Can you use this word in a sentence, boys and girls? Ransom. Try one like this. I ran some dog out the yard and now I got it. <laughs> Now, let's see if Mrs. Green knows today's new word. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Green. Do you know today's new word? <laughs> Mrs. Green knows a lot of words, boys and girls. So that's, uh, I mean, obviously a classic. Uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, that's the last one he did. By the way, the dog that he had, called him Cujo, Sit Cujo, was a little dog, 
and he actually sat. It was a fantastic moment. Um, everybody loves Mr. Robinson's uh, neighborhood, and uh, Ego Wodum chose that one as her favorite. And that particular episode, again, hosted by Michael Palin, uh, and your musical guest was The Motels, January 21st, 1984, the dog nag being ransom episode. So there you go. All right, and our last uh, um, participant in this interview, season 48 cast members telling you what their favorite sketches of all time were, uh, uh, is Andrew Dismukes. Andrew Dismukes is a guy who has stepped up um, as a featured player, they underutilized him the first season he was on. The second season, he did a little bit better. But since he's become a regular, you know, uh, a repertory member, he's really stepped up. I think Andrew Dismukes is really funny. He's got a great attitude. He comes up with really great ideas in the writer's room. The writers really like him. And he, has, he also has a very weird streak in him. Um, I, one of my favorite sketches this season <coughs> was when Jack Harlow hosted, and it was uh, they were at the wedding, and he was the best man. And he was dressed like Joker. I want to be dressed like Joker. Uh, which is one of my favorite sketches, and that was Dismukes came up with that idea. And he's got a very weird streak in him. And <clears throat> that really shows by what he chose as his favorite sketch. Andrew Dismukes says, The sketch that made me want to be on SNL was Will Forte's Spelling Bee sketch. Forte is an all-time favorite of mine, and this sketch was so odd and perfect, the exact type of thing that I was into. And yes... You can tell uh, that, uh, that he was definitely uh, into this kind of thing, you know, judging by the work that Dismukes has done on the show. Um, the Spelling Bee is one of my favorite sketches. Uh, if you listen to this podcast with, with any regularity, you know how much I love Will Forte. And you know uh, from listening to this podcast, you know that Will Forte is crazy, that he writes some of the weirdest, most outlandish, most surreal and craziest shit that's ever been on the show. And I love it. Spelling Bee is one of those things. Spelling Bee is vintage Will Forte, where he will do the weirdest, most out there joke and repeat it ad nauseum or do it over and over and over again or push it so far that you can't help but laugh at the sheer audacity of it, the sheer weirdness of it, and just the sheer repetition of it. This is basically, he plays a kid in a Spelling Bee who goes up and is asked to spell a word and... What happens is insane, and what happens at the very end of this sketch, which I will tell you about afterwards, is pretty unbelievable. Now, this was, uh, your, your repertory players were Fred Armisen, Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey, Will Forte, Daryl Hammond, Seth Meyers, Finesse Mitchell, Chris Parnell, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Horatio Sands, and Keenan Thompson. Featured players were Bill Hader, his first season, Andy Samberg's first season, Jason Sudeikis, and Kristen Wiig. Unbelievable cast, an unbelievable first season for incredible cast members who would go on to be legends, and it was a great show. Jack Black was your um, was your uh, was your host. Neil Young was your music guest, um, and this was a particularly insanely good show. And I will tell you why it was so good because some other great stuff happened on this show. But Andrew Dismukes, in all his glory, chose Spelling Bee. As, as the sketch that made him want to be on Saturday Night Live. And again, uh, in this sketch, you've got uh, Chris Parnell, Rachel Dratch, Will Forte. And then at the very end, you won't hear this, but I'll tell you all about it. Tenacious D comes out and performs the Spelling Bee song. But anyway, this is the insanity of Will Forte, Andrew Dismukes' favorite sketch that made him want to be on SNL, Spelling Bee. And your word is xylophone. The word is xylophone xylophone x y l o p h o n e xylophone correct 
Next contestant, Daniel Strom. The word is business. Could you repeat the word, please? <laughs> business. Could I have the origin of the word, please? It comes from the Latin phrase, bisnia. Could I have the definition, please? Business, one's work or employment. Could you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> business, I'm in the insurance business. Could you spell the word, please? No. Could you repeat the word, please? The word is business. Business. B R D T F K L M G H R K W T F N Y L K P Q W Q R T D F P L M K Q K W Q Q Q Q Q Q Q Q So, so at that point, at that point, then Tenacious D comes out, uh, and you know Jack Black's band, and uh, they they sing the Spelling Bee song while a very sad uh, Will Forte stands next to them. Uh, again, you heard it; it's ridiculous. It is just Will Forte <laughs> saying letters over and over again to see exactly how long he can do this before the audience just goes nuts. Uh, it's a brilliant sketch. It's a hilarious sketch. It is in the canon of Will Forte, which means it's strange. And I love it. And I love the fact that Andrew Dismukes uh, picked it. Um, and again, that episode, which is December 17th, uh, season 31, episode 9, um, Jack Black, your host, musical guest, Neil Young. And in addition to Spelling Bee, which is fantastic Will Forte, uh, that episode also had Christmas time for the Jews. And it also had Lazy Sunday. Uh, there was also a Debbie Downer, a Debbie Downer Christmas. There was also a, Chanel 5, a Channel 5 photo shoot, an Appalachian uh, emergency room, 
Um, uh, I mean, a, an incredible show from top to bottom with a bunch of incredible stuff and some legendary stuff. Christmas time for the Jews, Lazy Sunday, the SNL sketch, a great Debbie Downer, two a-holes buying a Christmas tree where Jack Black played a, a, a salesman on a Christmas tree lot. Um, and in general, an incredibly strong, unbelievable, um, unbelievable episode uh, from December 17, 2005. And Andrew Desmukes chose Spelling Bee. So you can all check, you can check out all of these sketches. And that was a Hollywood reporter interviewing a bunch of the cast members from season 48. One more time, Punky Johnson chose more cowbell. Bowen Yang chose Gemini's twin. Keenan and Heidi, uh, Keenan Thompson and Heidi Gardner chose James Brown's hot tub, celebrity hot tub. Cecily Strong chose Bill Swirsky's super fans. Chloe Feynman chose dog show. Michael Day, Mikey Day chose massive head wound Harry, Ego Wodum, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, and uh, the spelling bee from Andrew Dismukes. So there you go. The current uh, cast members picking their favorite sketches, and there are more. I've got more of these from different cast members at different times picking some of, the, some of their favorite sketches and some of the reasons why they were on the show and what they loved about the show. So uh, season 48 is wrapped up. I'll give you a full rundown of that on an episode coming up very, very soon. Again, cut short by the writer's strike, but here are some thoughts and some favorite uh, sketches from uh, some of the cast members from uh, this past season of SNL. Great stuff. And again, everything that I played for you, I gave you all the information, what season, what sketch or what season and what episode and all that stuff. You can find it out there if you look and make sure you check it out. So uh, there you go. Uh, and my thanks to, uh, to Pete for sending a, leaving a voicemail. If you want to leave a voicemail, 773-417-6948. Questions, comments. If you have uh, something, a request or an idea for a future show about SNL, please send it to us uh, via email as well, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out at radiomisfits.com. We live stream 24-7 where you can hear this podcast every morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can hear my other podcast every afternoon at 3 p.m., Central Time at radiomisfits.live. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for doing the opening night, uh, the opening theme and the closing theme. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. And please check us out. And, uh, and, and speaking of that closing theme, well, here it is. Thanks again. Spread the word. Subscribe. Like us. Rate us. Take the time to rate and review us. We love your feedback. Tell everybody about that show. Hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast. I'll see you next time. I'm Nick DeGilio. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.